everyone. Welcome to the last Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast of 2019. I'm Kev and I've got the gang back together. I've got James and Tony uh, with me and we've also got Luton Town fan Reg Harper with us. Um, chaps, how are we? Good, thanks, Kev. Good. Quite hungover. We'll come on to your um, <laughs> state of mind in a little while, um, James. Uh, we will just quickly run through what's coming up on this podcast. We're going to look at the recent games, I know, but we've got to do it. We'll have a couple of player focuses on Ryan Tannercliffe and Harry Cornick. We'll have a little look at the Christmas period to come. We'll have a chat about an article that came to light earlier in the week involving Gary Sweet and um, finances. And um, Tony will just update uh, everyone on uh, the trust at the end as well. But we're going to start uh, elsewhere because, well, Lutonians had Christmas come early on Saturday, James, when um, news broke quite early in the morning that uh, the High Court has lobbed the judicial review into the uh, what's the, the long grass, I think. Would yep. be the, uh, that's the, that's the, the phrase, uh, the, 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 the that's phrase. phrase, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Good old, good old judges. Oh, it was wonderful news, isn't it? and uh, it, it's we're so so close now. It's um, there's still a bit of uh, work to do, obviously, because um, CNR have got one last opportunity to try and throw a spanner in the works, which is appeal. Um, and you can imagine they're going to do it. So it's just about looking out for that one last tripwire. But I can't, I, it would be nice if they showed some humility and decency not words you've ever associated with this company and just went right so the people of Luton want it Luton Council want it the Secretary of State have waved it through and now the High Court judges say you've got no case that should be it I don't think that'll happen but um. I think also the difference now now that it's been thrown out of the official court it's my understanding that if he wants to take it any further he's got to foot the bill and these barristers don't come cheap. You're mm. talking half a million pound a show. You know, and if he's got to have two of them, it's a million pound that he or his company have got to pay for. Yeah. Mm. And I really don't see him doing it. I don't see that the bloke is that stupid <laughs> that he would risk his company's money. No, up to I now. Don't think, I don't think <laughs> we'd bet on that. Up to now, it's all been free, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. I wonder whether... The new, their new bosses really, Growth Point come in at this point and say this is silly because they didn't come in until they'd lodged the judicial review, didn't they? Mm. So, I mean, I'm sure they would have known about it. Well, at this well, point, sorry, Tony, to, um, let's just clarify the situation. They've got seven working days to lodge what would be a final appeal, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, I believe it's the 3rd of January. Yeah, I was going to say, thankfully week. for. Our side of the fence is pretty much crap time to be doing that because no one's at work anyway. But I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put it past them, Kev, to have paperwork and everything all prepared in case they had to lodge an appeal. I, I, I really wouldn't. But I wouldn't hold my breath as far as they're concerned. You know, you would hope that Growth Point would look at look at it and and realise um, what a wonderful opportunity it is for them. You know, it's a win-win situation for everybody, including them, because it will increase the footfall in the Arndale. It will increase the business there. Um, but, you know, we've always thought that uh, CNR have been a bit blinkered. Uh, it just depends how many of their top guys can uh, sweet talk growth point, isn't it, really? Mm. Yeah. And if this appeal is lodged, do we know a sort of time frame? Can that be chucked out immediately? I mean, this one I'm was led to believe out it, quick, it, it, wasn't it? If if they think that there's a case to answer, 
I believe it could be up to two years. Uh, um, but I mean, I don't. I, 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 that's what I'm led to believe. I, I don't know for certain, to be honest with you. But um, the fact that they've already thrown the JR out, that yeah, suggests that there isn't. It, case it, to it would also it. depend upon um, what the judges put in his summing up. Um, I'm led to believe it's fairly damning. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, and from what I know of the legal profession, uh, judges don't like to. Uh, criticise or or countermand the previous judge's decision unless they see there's definite evidence for that. So unless CNR have got something up their sleeves to present, um, if I was there more than hold my breath, um, we all, we all thought that their case for a JR was laughable anyway. Um, I mean, if, if you look at it, the, the view from Luton Who, and not even from the mansion, from, from one corner of the ground, I mean, absolutely ridiculous, and, it, and it's straw-clutching at its most extreme. That was a phrase I was just about to use, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, really, James, if you look at it from a marathon kind of point of view, we're, we've done the 26 miles, we've just got the few yards now to the finish line, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you still got to obviously make that crossing. You've seen <laughs> countless sort of video clips of people not making it or mm-hmm. slowing up, and someone comes over and beats them. I don't imagine that's going to happen in this case. It's just uh, it's, a, it's another bit of a waiting game. It would be nice if it was all over by now because just the amount of people that have um, ruled in favour of the town or spoken up for the town, and and the amount of times they've been rebuffed and defeated. Really, you'd think. You'd think that there was some sort of common sense, but like I say, they've never shown any of it. I'm not going on from that. I, I, I'm going to say I hope everybody who's listening to this has also uh, put in their freedom of information request to uh, CNR. Um, that'll give them something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you, you can uh, look on Luton Outlaws on our website so I think you've got it up haven't you on Save Our Town have you got it I haven't Lord Luton have got it so you can go on there and get guide, guidance how to do it but the more people that do it the more hassle it gives CNR absolutely it's Christmas it's the time of goodwill yeah. so let's and, 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 and remember they, they've got a calendar month to reply and if they don't reply then they're um, not compliant with the law so I would encourage everybody who's listening to this, it doesn't matter if you live in a foreign country, just send your requesting because it's something else that they've got to deal with. And, you know, over the past three years, they've spent enough time causing hassle for um, Luton Borough Council and for the football club with time wasting. I know that they've put in their own freedom of information requests with the council quite a few times. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's time for a bit of payback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely it is, yeah. Uh, as Tony said, on all of our social feeds, uh, and it sounds like it'll be on um, Save Our Town's um, socials as well, if you need advice and guidance on how to do that, um, great way to spend the run-up to Christmas. And, It'll um, only take a few minutes. It doesn't cost anything. Um, you know, even if you don't think they've got information on you, you still ask for it. They still have to check. And quite frankly, it can be a real pain in the ass for them to do it. So uh, let's get as many of those uh, requests sent in as possible. Just one last thing on this community talk. Um, a get-together was um, arranged just before the Wigan game. 
uh, at St George's Square. Uh, local media, some national media, um, MPs, elected elected MPs, those that didn't um, make it to Parliament. Plenty of Lutonians were there. Uh, a real stir of strength and unity. Oh, definitely, Kev. It it was a great morning. I mean, it started off. Uh, we looked at it as just a f- simple photo opportunity for a small group of us to post for a photo in front of uh, the Arndale. Um, but it grew, and uh, both ourselves and Laura Luton um, decided to to make it a bigger event and get a few people down there. Uh, we're grateful to the support we received from Save Our Town and the town fans that came down. It was great to see it. Um, you know, the, the the turnout amazed us, and it was really good. And it wasn't just football supporters. There were Lutonians from all walks of life there as well, and people who didn't know about it who were walking past. They joined in as well, which was which was great. Lutonians such as yourself, James, must mm. have been a uh, another proud day in this um, run of them, really. Yeah, it's just wonderful to see people getting on board and coming out. Um, well, I got there sort of 15 minutes before and um, you could just see people streaming out of the pubs to get in there and, and support. It's nice to be on a little um, protest, <laughs> wave our fists in the end, well, we'll wave some signs about, um, uh, yeah, and it got on the TV and it got all over the mm. media as well. So it's it was well worthwhile and... Uh, uh, I believe there's some people running through them the mall. <laughs> well, it's only at times like this I find unpopular with the media as well, Kev. You know. Yeah, I must admit I couldn't move on Monday without seeing you on my telly box. Um, it's it just all passed through peacefully, didn't it? it yes, it did. It's it just did, about recovered. Yeah. And that was actually a day of um, well, good significance on the pitch because uh, we would go on and beat Wigan. But before we discuss that. Let's discuss the other games uh, that have taken place since then. Starting off with Leeds United, who actually, if you listen to the last um, episode of this podcast, um, well, it wasn't a pretty picture that was painted ahead of that game. But to be honest, they weren't as good or, 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 or sorry, they didn't beat us as comfortably as maybe would have been expected. We, on another day, could have got a point. We played well. We, we, we played well and we were unlucky um, not to get something out of that game. I mean, for an awful awful offside decision that quite clearly wasn't offside you know we'd have been 2-1 up not saying we'd have won it but we'd have at least come away from the game with a a point but James even prior to that we wouldn't have been 1-0 down if a foul on Izzy Brown had been given (laughs) well yeah I mean there's but there's a raft of decisions that aren't really going Lewin's way at the minute isn't isn't there um uh, there was uh, uh, there's one that did go and that was uh, that James Collins goal. I'm struggling to remember the match now. Remember I'm hungover. <laughs> what was that one? <laughs> you're leaving me hanging, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm trying to think what you're on about, but I'm guessing you mean the penalty at Preston. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, so uh, it would be nice if they ruled in favour of the correct decision every now and again, you know, like they're supposed to. Well, ironically, in that game. There should have been a penalty on James Collins in the first half when yeah. he got barged over in the penalty box. Definitely. With mm. all three officials looking at it. and but I don't know what the answer is about these major decisions in football matches because um, I was watching the Man United-Watford game. I wasn't watching Watford, by the way. I was just watching Man United. It's <laughs> um, no better, and, is it? <laughs> well, no. But I just couldn't believe that VAR could give that penalty. I couldn't believe it because the Man United player never touched him. Mm. Didn't make any physical contact whatsoever. 
didn't trip him, didn't stamp on his foot, anything, nothing whatsoever. And the referee didn't give the penalty. VAR gave the penalty. Mm. I couldn't believe it. So mm. I don't want VAR in the championship because if we're getting these bad decisions now, they'll be twice as bad with VAR. Well, it's ironic you bring up VAR because you sat and listened to uh, the Charlton manager three days later <laughs> bemoaning his luck that there is no um, VAR in this league. But actually, yeah. in, a, in a well-deserved win for the town, the things he was moaning about... It really got a great case. He might have a case, perhaps, for the equalising goal that Pelly scored. But he's on about handball from Izzy Brown. I thought it was a tremendous goal by Izzy Brown. Never. No. I didn't think it in real time. And then when I watched it back on the replay, no way he flicked it. Over. That was a class flick. I as think. Well, yeah. wasn't it? I think maybe he just got bamboozled by. Although he did say he watched it back, so you, you do wonder. And maybe this comes back to the VR, the VR point. You do wonder what some people are looking at when they're actually seeing the evidence in front of their eyes. But. Um, I was going to say that maybe he thought, because uh, the flick was so unusual, that it, that could only have been done by hands, but that's Izzy Brown, isn't it? Not as well, not at the minute, isn't it? He's... I don't think I've seen that sort of skill since Ricky Hill was at Luton. And I mean, he knew what he was doing, yeah. wasn't he? It yeah. wasn't like, we'll talk about a goal in a minute that might have been a bit more of a fluke, but that there was nothing fluky about that. No. That was a great flick into, into his touch. And also the finish as well, you know. He still had a little bit of work to do with the finish. Slid it past a pretty decent goalkeeper, that Charlton goalkeeper, yeah. has to be said. He made a couple of saves earlier in the Almost sent in the wrong way, didn't he? In the game and um Pelly's goal. Crack on it. Lovely one. <laughs> <laughs> eh? Eh? Nothing. It was one of those that when he ran onto it, it was either going somewhere near Dunstable yeah. <laughs> or it was arrowing in the bottom corner on it. And uh, thankfully it was the latter. And I mean, got us back into a game that yet again we did our, did our best to I try mean, and shoot ourselves in the foot. Boya moaning after that penalty decision at the Valley last well, season. Yeah, well, yeah. Funnily right. Enough, he wasn't quite so quick to uh, champion for VAR on yeah. that occasion, was he? Uh, that was... A, well, that was a good point of the month, but it went sour in a major way in the following game. I don't got... want <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, unfortunately we, we do have to, though, don't we? Because I think we all accepted that we were going to take a pasting or two along the way, but mm. not in that style. No, I was thinking fours and fives, maybe, but when they rattled in four goals in 15 minutes at the end of the first half... It was looking worrying. Um, to be honest, I'm actually surprised it was as little as it was at well, that stage. I, I think we've got to you know say mean? thank you to Brentford for declaring at half time. <laughs> yeah. Because, but like you say, that could have got Leicester Southampton uh, sort of nasty. That could in a, in a pretty quick fashion. Yeah, really. They could not get near them. I mean, they were fabulous. Um, but if, if, if you make a rough rearing back, if you don't try and close down the space, which all the defenders were guilty of, Dan yeah, again, in particular. The first goal again. Mm. I mean... Yeah, keep just, shooting ourselves in the you're foot. Just chesting the ball back to your goalkeeper. I mean, come on. Even if, even if you take away the other, you know the other sort of, well, why don't you just clear it and argue about it later, sort of thing. But it was a simple chest back to the, to the goalkeeper. He'd gone miles wide of him, and yeah. poor old Shea is he, scrambling. Something scrambling it, like someone you, know, you know yourself if you if you play football, the old rule is safety first. Yeah, absolutely oh, yeah, safety yeah. first. It are just. You know, and then it seemed to me that once that had happened, the well, heads dropped, one, and also the heads dropped. To be like James said, to be fair, I mean Brentford are a good side. Once we yeah. gave them a head of steam, mm. they hit top speed pretty quickly, didn't they? And but it shows the ruthlessness of the, the the good players and the good teams in this league because uh, when they were given them a yard or two, 
and sometimes it was three, four. <laughs> they were nowhere near them. Um, they'd take that gladly and smack it, and um, more often than not, it was going in. So. I mean, the result was bad, but the injury to Izzy Brown was mm. the mm. worst thing that could have happened that afternoon. Disastrous. I think the players involved in that game have learned from it. Um, and that's that's the situation we're in as a football club. I don't know, apart from the players that Graham Jones has brought in that are supposedly experienced championship players, I don't know if any of the other players that we've got playing for us have ever played in the championship. Probably not. No. So they're all on a learning curve. So where we was winning everything and smashing everybody in the last two or three years, working our way out of conference football into League One and finding it relatively easy to adapt and then into League Two again finding it relatively easy to adapt the level of football in the Championship it's ten rungs further up the ladder Mm. so you don't get a chance to go one step at a time you've got to go and hit the ground running from the first game and it's like Graham Jones said the other day um, in his match report we've now played every team so now all the players that are playing know what they're up against now. So you'd hope that with a comment like that, the next half of the season, things will improve. But that's only down to the players, and they're still learning. Mm. You mm. Know? And if we can finish, I don't want to be in a relegation battle. If we're two points clear at the end of the season, that's a success for me. Yeah. I think we'd all take that, Reg. I mean, I said at the start of the season, I said I'd take where we are now, finishing there on goal difference. Mm. Um, we all knew it was going to be an uphill struggle. And you're right, what you said, uh, it, we we all knew we were going to take the odd hammering. Um, I, I think that that's the difference. I think the, the supporters have got into a comfort zone over the last, you know, three, four years with the success we've had and it's a totally different ball game now um, you know some of the things that players are doing like the mistakes that they're making last season we'd, we'd have got away with them this season the quality of strikers is that good that sniff of goal bang it's in the back of the net yeah. it certainly was that day yeah. that is for sure yeah. um, just to finish on that Brentford um Day we wish Brendan Galloway well in his recovery from what was clearly a horrible injury at the time and obviously confirmed as that a few days later I saw a picture of him at the training ground on Friday so at least he's on the road to recovery but it's a long way back and um, I think everyone at the time feared the absolute worst didn't they so hopefully Mm. I mean it's just a shame because we've we've had a a few of those injuries haven't we with with players I mean like Luke Berry and Danny Hilton and, and, and now uh, Brendan Galloway um, it just seems when, when things are going against you they're going against you aren't they yeah. I think as well just to finish off on that topic over the last three, four, five years we've heard managers from other clubs in their reports saying well we can't we can't cope with a budget that Luton have got now it's the other way around yeah. Luton can't cope with a budget for many of these other clubs he just yeah. can't do it yeah. and with Gary Sweet saying the other day you know, there's no way that this club's going to get £50 million in debt just to stay in the championship mm. and you know we, we, we've been down that road two or three times there's no way it's going to happen again no I think I I, <coughs> I have been genuinely surprised at how tough the championship is I, I, uh, last time I watched uh, any sustained amount of matches was back when Luton were in it but I think the division's changed so much so much since then so people say well we came up from League 1 as title winners and 
well, you know, finished tenth or whatever it was with um, back in two thousand whatever five. Um, well, every team had got Premier League money then, though, had they? Not, I think it's not, yeah, not only that, the yeah. only team apart from ourselves not to have been in the Premier League were Brentford, but mm. um, they've got plenty of money behind them themselves. Haven't yeah, they? it's it's the fifth richest league in the world now, and it has come. It's happened since Luton have been away, so uh, you've got you know Mitrovic, who you're going to see on Boxing Day. Is you know, he earns more money than probably the Luton squad put together, and he costs more money than all of them times absolutely. five, probably. Yeah, absolutely, Abs- uh, absolutely. But the good thing from the Brentford debacle, or if indeed there was a good thing, was the bounce back. And although we went behind against Wigan, we should well, we were unlucky to be behind, we should have been two or three up at the time that they scored. But lovely last five minutes, just one of those sort of memories that last season was fantastic. Five happened, minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, McManaman, well, I, uh, he didn't mean it. I don't care what he said. <laughs> he didn't mean it. It went in, Kevin. It went in. That's all that matters. It went in. After he did make a bit of a shambles of his first shot, lovely finish to find the bottom corner with his second one. Mm. And um, well, when, when when the ball fell at George Moncur, the, I think the roof erupted, didn't it? The stage was set for him, wasn't it? it, it was just, before he got there. I yeah. think it was actually. I think you said to me it was louder than Portsmouth. Yeah, it was, yeah, very and possibly. You were in a perfect place to. Um, well, because it was um, the Portsmouth one was so significant because that's when you thought, oh, this could be on the title, could be on, or the promotion could be on. But this has been, you know, so many weeks of disappointment. And when you get a moment like that, and it reminds you of what happened not so long ago last season, it's uh, yeah, it, it erupted. Um, Something about him. <laughs> I don't know if he's a great goal scorer or a scorer of great stroke important goals, but it's always George Moncur at the yeah. minute. It seems I <laughs> I lent over because he had two free kicks that were rubbish before that one. Then everyone was yeah. thinking, "Here we go." I lent they over. barely got to the wall, there, like, <laughs> didn't they? I lent over to Mike uh, from the Luton News and went, "This is not happening, is it?" And about ten seconds later, he hit that. So. Um, oh, that was a great last was. five minutes, yeah. wasn't it? Great last five minutes. It really was. Um, justice. Absolute yeah. justice. I don't think they were any better than us. The only scoring chance they really had was the header. Again, you can put it down for bad marking in defence. It was clean on his own. Um, Shane didn't have a chance. Um, and that was their only opportunity. No, you, can, you, can't, you can't give a striker like Kiefer Moore that sort of room no, of it was space. On yeah. I mean, we set up the Cunningham Road in. They scored down the Oak Road in, and the cap was five yards. There was no one within five yards of him. My granny on a walking stick could have tapped it in. It's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. And that's 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 been a problem, uh, or one of the problems is is ninety minutes of concentration. And yeah. then you're a defender um, at this level. You've got to concentrate for ninety minutes, not forty four or eighty two. Or 35, as indeed it was in the following game at Stoke. And a pretty solid 35 minutes. Stoke's fans, the ones that bothered to turn up, and they sure as hell weren't 20,000. They were just on the point of turning on the team. Yeah, they were. And having a go. And then we just, well, we didn't even commit suicide. That ain't even a strong enough word for what we committed there, was it? I mean, gifted them the first goal. And the first thought was, here we go again. And of course, yeah. Absolutely. Then the second one's just. And then the third one, I mean, it just seems at minute that when we shoot ourselves in the foot away from home, the recovery powers aren't what they are at home, are they? And no. um, that's something that needs to be addressed perhaps going forward. Yeah, well, I don't know how you do it, though, because they're, 
they're going to have the memory of every other time that's happened to them on the road, and that's where the heads drop, isn't it? You think mm. You're only human. Yeah, I guess the yeah. only way you do it is to do it, isn't it? You know, you've got to be strong enough to... What we've got to do to overcome that is to... Because we do, you know, you look at most games, we, we've had two or three clear-cut chances before it happens. Yeah. So if we were a bit more clinical in front of goal, a bit more ruthless, then... You know the tails would be up, and then they could cope with it. You know we we must have lost over the I, I could think at least nine points over the last month. You know that, but for a bit more that, or a bit more, um, you know, being clinical in front of goal, we'd be, you know, looking towards getting in mid table. Yeah, I mean Simon's <coughs> not with us uh, this month, but. Uh, I don't need him for the stat that we've conceded the first goal in 19 out of the 23 games this season, including the last 11. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're having to score two just to get anything out of the game or to win the game, it's making life even tougher, isn't it? But mm. ironically, of the four times that we have scored first this season, we've won three. So there, in a nutshell, kind of shows the importance of the first goal, and that was proven to be the case again at Preston, wasn't it? You know, we conceded. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you describe the penalty we conceded because nobody appealed for it, and then suddenly the referee's given it. It was a bit, a bit stupid, and then. And then another incident on Sonny Bradley, a similar sort of thing. Very much and the he same. Did, he it? didn't. He didn't give. It's a great point. photo, that, isn't it? Yeah, if um, not, it's, I mean, it's even worse, isn't it? Because two of them are yanking him from yeah. side to side. I mean, mm. oh, okay, you could argue in between that we've been given a penalty that was dubious to say the least. But I mean, I didn't think the referee was particularly good that day. But again, the game swings on a golden chance that we didn't capitalise on when Harry Cornick to be fair to him creates the chance himself and probably and Graham Jones said it after the game probably the only player in the squad that's got the ability to do that with his mm. pace and you know big legs and everything but if he scores that and puts us 2-1 up we get a win at statistically the best home side in the championship mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he, he, he realised probably how much time he had because he had plenty he could have taken it around the keeper yeah, you know, it, 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 there was nobody near him. I mean, to be fair to him, he sat the keeper down, mm. yeah. but then just hit him, and you're like, oh, Harry, 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 and then, well, if it weren't once bitten twice shy, he went and done the same thing on Saturday against Swansea, when lovely ball from Andrew Shinney to send him through. Mm. This time, like you say, Tony, he does go round the goalkeeper, but didn't have the confidence in the left foot to just roll it into the, the empty if, net. If you if you look at it though, if you look back at that goal. From uh, uh, that attempt from yesterday, I should say, he went round the keeper. He went very wide, and in realising where where the goal was and everything, they got two defenders back and probably blocked the route to goal. So he did the right thing in playing it square to Moncur, but then Moncur fluffed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the learning curve, isn't it? It's it's gone. I think gone are the days where you was on a one on one with a goalkeeper and you just whacked it. You've got to you've got to kid the goalkeeper and try and put it one side or the other. It, and if the goalkeeper goes right, mm. and you, you don't get away with kidding him, he, he saves it. It's what happens with it after that. I mean, or even the other option he could have done, he could have knocked it over the keeper. Yeah, but he's running at ninety mile an hour. Yeah. If he knock it, knocks it over the keeper, chances are he knocks it over the bar. How mm. many shots have we seen in home games this season where you think, oh, here's a goal? And it's full foot yeah. over the bar. Mm. Pelly's done it. Izzy Brown's done it. Shinny's done it. The speed the keeper was coming out, I thought he was going to take Harry Cornick out because he was flying out of the blocks. He, but he didn't. 
Uh, we didn't score. Shinny missed another chance soon after that, and then it is just not falling for us right now, is it, Tony? No, it's not. <laughs> you know, I you looked a threat, to be fair during the game, but I talk about. I'm one of these that, that, that I like to be positive and, and, and you know going for it. I think sooner or later. It's, it's got to even up, and we've got to get a bit of luck, and I think that's what it's what it's about. Um, but I, over the next few weeks, I can't see where the points <laughs> are coming <laughs> from. You've got the but they might there. surprise us. They might surprise us. Yeah, I mean, usually when these things even themselves out, they even themselves out in the games that you don't expect them to even themselves out in, don't they? So, with three tough games on the horizon, I think I think the Fulham but, game. Um, in a few days uh, is an interesting one because they're a good side they're not so hot away from home but when we lost 3-2 at Craven Cottage at least we proved in the second half that we can get at them and they are, they, they, they can be vulnerable I mean with, with a bit more luck we could have got a draw there mm. um, yeah. so you know obviously they've got a very good centre forward in Mitrovic um, so he he's going to be taken care of I mean we cannot afford to give him the space that Keith and Moore got or, no you know. we'll come on to um, the Fulham game in a minute yeah. but I just want a quick word on uh, just to finish off on this one's game on Simon Saluga in goal Should, uh, surprise to all of us when that was announced but James Shea for those who haven't heard did suffer a concussion in the Preston defeat um, that came on quite late so he was ruled out of the game but no fault of Slugas, really. Mm, I no, thought he made, made a really good save in the second. Yeah, I thought he uh, did well. I thought, I thought he, did he had well. a terrific game. You could see um, straight away that he's improved so much. He was controlling the penalty area. He was telling players get out of the box, just kick it up the other end, um, which he wasn't doing before. He was waiting for the players, um, Pierce and Bradley, to tell him what to do. You could see that. Um, I don't think he'd lost his confidence. He made a couple of terrific saves. <clears throat> and apart from Pearson, I think you could probably say that he was man of the match mm. for me. He, he had a blinding game. I think, um, so I, do, I, I like James Shea, but the one thing that Sluger's got over him is his kicking. You know, yeah. the kicking was a lot better as well. I have to admit that I was James yesterday in the press box <laughs> and um, so I had a good view of both goals which normally I don't have at the kennel end because I sit to the side of one of them and every time we passed the ball back to Sluger it was between the sticks and I was like please control it please control it luckily he controlled every single one perfectly and just recycled it onto the next one but I was like give him a chance go away from the go, go away from the goal after Derby please I mean that's what you should be doing anyway I mean it's the fault of the defenders if they passed it or not that they, yeah. should, they shouldn't be aimed at the goal it's funny isn't it because when they get at the other end of the pitch and they've got a sight of goal they can't get anywhere near the sticks <laughs> but to be fair to him you know he, 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 he's come out he's, he, he's obviously learnt from the things that have happened and uh, he, he, you know I was worried that he might not be as confident but he did you know he, he got an early touch of the ball and his handling and everything was great I mean, at one stage, I think um, in the first half, he actually, uh, from a, a cross Swansea put in, he, he got a good 
punch out as well, if I remember rightly. And got a, got got a, a, in a chest in the ribs, yeah. Yeah, I think Stetchy was like, hang about every day, I'm going to get, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get go on, from, yeah. from out, the, out with the washing to um, in first team. for a, a few seconds, but uh, oh, dear. it didn't dampen his, um, his ability to play the game or to, to come out when he needed to come out or flick the ball away when he needed to or whatever. I was impressed. Yep, fair play to um, Saluga. He bounced back from when you consider where he was after the derby game. Bounced back strongly. Let's um, focus on a couple of players then that um, stood out. Maybe not necessarily for all the right reasons over the over the month. We've touched on Harry Cornick, but we'll come back to him in a second. But I'm going to start with Ryan Tunnicliffe, who started the season pretty well in a Luton shirt. But is it fair to say he's nosedived over the last month? Mm. It's, it's not disappointing, is it? I think he runs hot and cold. Mm. Um, mm. I saw him play at home. Can't for the life of me think who it was against, but he had a blinder. And he played number four in front of the back four, and he just controlled the whole game. And then the next game, <laughs> he might as well not have been there. Same position, but just weren't in the game at all. Mm. Is the is he standing out more when Butterfield's in the team? If you know what I mean, because we do look a, a much better side when Butterfield's in the team. That's not necessarily as a detriment to Tony Cliff. It's just a just seems to be a coincidence. Mm. of that particularly the last two games when Tony Cliff's been on the bench <laughs> and come on and then come on when we've been drawing and ultimately we've lost the games mm. I mean Butterfield was having an outstanding game yesterday and uh, when yesterday he was yesterday being the Swansea game Swansea game yeah. Yeah. and, and, and uh, I think well, I hope it, 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 he was taken off because he was running out of steam and it's basically Tony Cliff for him but the, the that's when we we lost any sort of presence we had in midfield then yeah we was Um, camped in our box for about 15 minutes weren't we and and to be fair to the defenders they saw that storm out didn't they whereas in previous games you kind of thought well we're going to concede here but unfortunately it was Tunnicliffe who didn't track his runner yeah for the goal it looped up off of him and okay it could go anywhere but you know at the moment it looped up over Saluga and if IU wanted to miss he couldn't I mean, a lot of people are questioning Jones' uh, choice of changes. It's fair enough. Everybody pays the money. They've got the right to do that, I suppose. But um, George Moncur came on against Wigan and totally changed the way we were playing. Mm. He came on against Swansea, and I don't think he touched the ball full time. But that wasn't his fault, or solely his fault. I was watching him, because I am a George Moncur fan. I think he's got a great boot and he can curl the ball from 30 yards it's terrific to watch and he was making all the runs along the front of the box but no one was playing it to him mm. now if you've got a player of his ability who's just come on he's fresh his legs are fresh give him the ball let him wear himself out for 15 minutes <laughs> that's the reason he's put on Yeah. but if you don't give him the ball he can't yeah. put, he's got no input so therefore he can't change anything mm. Then on the one or two times he did get the ball, he's got players on him, so it's just touch it back to his player to give him it. Just pointless football. I think that towards the uh, end of that, the second half, I think the thing was we were under so much pressure from Swansea, and they were dominating. The, you know, they were picking up everything. I think that the main uh, thing from the match was just get it out more than look to play and create. You know, and really when you look at it, it was. 
Look at that. It was only a matter of time before Swansea scored anyway. You know, they'd had a few good chances. Um, so, yeah, again, it's a learning curve, as we said. So I think we've learned from that. Every game we've played so far has been a learning curve. You've probably got maybe four or five more games where you can put what you've learned together. And then maybe after that, if we can string five or six results, a couple of wins, a couple of draws, whatever, together, um, like you're seeing um, Barnsley doing now, you know, they've been through the same boat, the same meal. They've been in mm. worse, worse off than we have because they've been bottom of the table for most of the season. And now they're switching things around. Um, their players have learnt from previous matches and now they're turning it and they're putting what they've learnt to practice. And I'm sure that's exactly what's going to happen with Luton mm. in the next few weeks. It's, it's a matter of turning these stupid defeats into draws. Well, it's, it's, a, it's actually a something that Matty Pearson said after the game on Saturday I sat in, in on his press conference uh, getting the quotes for James and um, he was asked directly about results and he said you know the lack of draws really isn't good enough because if you can't win games you should be drawing games mm. Saturday being the perfect uh, perfect case in question you know it, we probably never really looked like winning the game on Saturday but we didn't look like losing it in terms of the fact that Saluka only made one save in the game. But ultimately, it's gone against us, and that's the second one. And it comes back down to difference in quality, isn't it? It does. It's it's a case of ironing out mistakes. I mean, if you you look through the the season, you've had Saluka make mistakes, you've had Potts make mistakes, Pearson, Bradley, Shinny, Glen Ray the other day, which I felt really sorry for him because it's the first time he played in about mm. 12 months, and in four, inside four minutes, he, he lost the ball. They're individual mistakes. There's not a manager in the world that can cater for that. Mm. No one can say, Oh, I'll put him on because he won't make a mistake. But what you're beginning to see now is these players aren't making those mistakes. Now, if they made that mistake in the first game, and then they went along and made it again in the second team. And then the same player in the third game, then they're not learning nothing. Yeah. But you're not seeing that. Mm. Pearson now is not so cocky about wanting to pass the ball back to the goalkeeper from 40 yards. <laughs> I really don't see why he had to do that. But there you go, that's my opinion. Um, and you're not seeing these players making these mistakes now. So if you iron out the mistakes we've made, then your draws will start coming. And then you'll get a little bit of luck and 10 minutes from the end or whatever when you're one all, that you might nick a second goal. You've only got to do that two weeks running and you're on a run. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. exactly how we started when we went on our 29-game unbeaten run. I think we, we drew two and lost one before we went on that run. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how you do it. Yeah. Let's um, just have a quick word about Harry Cornick then because although he... Um He's been unfortunate with a couple of chances in the last two games. I think it's fair to say he's one of our, if not our most improved player under Graham Jones. And I think he's actually referenced the manager as a strong reason for that when you've spoken mm. to him before, James. Yeah, he's done a lot of, uh, <laughs> strangely, a lot of finishing work, which hasn't been apparent in the last two games. But, but it uh, was before then, wasn't it? It, it was, and he uh, he's finished a great one with his head. You never saw that from Harry Gornick before. Mm. I can. I think the frustration with him is that he'd he'd, he'd shown improvements in that, and the particularly one on one chances because he had a plethora in the league uh, one and two, uh, and it was always a toss up whether he's going to go to fifty fifty, whether he's going to go for it. And at the beginning of the season, 
he started to take those. And if he's the only player that has the capability to get in those positions and put the afterburners on, then he's going to have to continue improving. What he, the one against Preston, he ran straight, didn't faint, didn't do a trick, nothing. He just it, the goalkeeper, a goalkeeper at that level is going to eat that up, no, no trouble. So he's got to do a little bit more then, and I, and that's where. That's what I thought he was learning from from Graham Jones. Now, maybe he can get it wrong a couple of times, but when you look back and you think, "Ah, oh, that miss really cost us points," then he's got to he's got to be more than say if he was fifty fifty in League Two, League One. Maybe he's you know seventy percent of the time he scores. He's got to be more than that. If you've got a chance on goal, as we've seen with every other striker in this division against Luton, they'll take it. <laughs> But what he now has has to do then, Tony, is continue to get into those positions and not shy away, you know, not be that striker I mean, that, 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 that's that's scared that's to get into them positions. Most of the battle is, is, is getting into those positions and that, um, you know, may, maybe Harry's still a little bit lightweight as well. And he's not going to have the nounce yet, you know, of, of certain other strikers. But when you look at it, even the best strikers in the world, they still miss chances. He's still learning. Um, what I like about him is his work rate. He never stops. You know the amount of running he puts in, and you know, and and, and defenders know that if if he's given the slightest bit of space, he's gone. He's away. But again, people have got to remember he's learning to be a striker, mm. but he's also gone up a level. So he's up against harder defenders and better quality defenders. So it's going to be harder for him. But um, if, if if you look at anybody learning something new, you learn, you, you get experience, then you, you, you tend to plateau before you move on to the next stage. And I think, you know, already he's shown he's a much better player than the player who joined Luton. And I think as long as he keeps progressing the way he is he will be the full product eventually I mean he, he signed a long term deal with Luton hasn't he so um, they obviously think very highly of him um, and he, he knows himself what he's got to do and, and you know you know he's working hard at the club and, and, and he will get there and if he was if, if he was the finished article he wouldn't be at Luton mm-hmm. yeah Exactly. Uh, Supporters have to remember that. He's got a terrific future. Um, yep. And I think Bournemouth are probably kicking their t- heels a little bit for letting him go um, without spending a little bit more time and effort with him. And you, I think that's what he needs. Is do you think he's quicker than Gray? No, I don't think he's quicker than Gray. <coughs> but what I would say is I think he is... Um, he'll go past the defender better than... Than what Gray, I think he's Gray would more, get a, a yard and yeah, yeah. he'd have that power, wouldn't he? Whereas if Harry stands a defender up, you'd fancy he'll go round him and get a decent ball in. I think that's the winger in him, isn't it? Rather than the striker, whereas Gray was a striking out and out striker. I mean, one, one of the things that I picked up on where I think he he has improved, if you, if you look at the chance he had at Preston when the ball came over, there was a tussle with the centre-back before he got away. When he first came to the club, if that had happened, 
he wouldn't have got past the central defender. The defender would have muscled him out and got. So he is showing progress, and as long as he continues to do that, as I've said, we've got an excellent player on our hands. Yeah, there's, you're there's a there's a lot of talk about Harry's one on ones, um, and they're not easy. Um, anybody who says they are, I just don't know what they're talking about, really. And you only have to look at Quest on a Saturday night and watch the games on that. And both Leeds and Fulham had a one-on-one, and neither of them scored. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that is easy. It just isn't easy. Let's say they continue I, not to score I think on it's, Boxing Day. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is teachable, though, and that's the good thing, because... Um, if you look at Raheem Sterling in the Man City team, he was he was a, a winger stroke attacker, wasn't he? He was never a central striker, and he rarely uh, he couldn't bond over banjo sometimes. And he got he, there's so many chances to try and get goal, and now he's turned into a striker that over this last year, calendar year, has been more prolific than Sergio Aguero. Aguero. I'm not saying Harry Cornick is in the same category as Raheem Sterling, but it shows that it can be goal scoring can be taught if you give it t- enough time. Mm. My mm. next column on your website, Harry Cornick is better than Sergio Aguero. <laughs> 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 but I, 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 the thing that's just popped into my mind is I remember in the 80s, do you remember Ian Rush playing for Liverpool? Mm. He had good pace, excellent striker, fantastic striker, but he missed some sitters as well one on ones yeah they all do it they all do it yeah as I said hopefully Harry uh, keeps on getting in there in them positions and I'm sure one will go in and that's all he needs and he'll be on his way again won't he Uh, that's our thoughts on Harry Cornick but um, as I said I sat in um, Graham Jones's press conference after the Swansea game and I asked him after six months at the club having seen everyone in the league and reached the halfway mark just what improvement he's seen within his squad in that time and here's what he came up with Apart from Brentford which was a freak we, we've been competitive really in every game um, I've seen huge improvements but there's been improvements in other teams and there's been uh uh, it's been a it's, it's a it's been a tough challenge. I think we were probably one win away today from thinking 23 points from 23 games would have been fantastic. We're still fourth from bottom. I know there's a game to go on Monday night, <clears throat> so if the season finished today, would be where we want to be. But we know we've got to pick up. We know we've got to find a different way with the players we've got, and then hopefully with some help in January, because that's the that's the uh, industry we're in. Um, I know we've improved. You think about Matty's quality on the ball. You think about Sonny's um, poise and quality on the ball. You've got James Bree playing left back. We've got a 20-year-old playing right back. I enjoyed the midfield rotation at times today. Uh, Harry Cornick's improved an awful, awful lot since Harry was a League One substitution, uh, substitute last season. And he's now turned into a mainstay in the team. So there's been lots of improvement, but... We've got a, a lot of work to do as well. Okay, well, hopefully uh, those players uh, that he's just mentioned come to fruition and continue to improve because we've got some pretty tricky matches to come, I think it's fair to say. Uh, let's look at the Christmas period in a bit more detail then. Um, we've already mentioned Fulham are here on, on Boxing Day. It's an entertaining game down at Craven Cottage, wasn't it? I think the scoreline flattered us slightly, but we did show in the second half that we could compete with them. But as you've alluded to, James, we're up against the best striker in the league who is already top scorer in it and there's potentially a danger that he's going to ex- that he could extend that lead on uh, on Thursday. Well, I, 
I've sp- I spent a good time watching him yes, at yeah. Fulham. Just I don't you know you, you, know, you get to see strikers that that's good it, very that's often. Exactly so it, and rather he's than watch to anything else, isn't he? Exactly right. So well, rather than watch the action for for a good fifteen minutes, I watched him and he mostly did nothing. <laughs> I'd agree with that. <laughs> nothing, I'd agree with absolutely that. nothing. And I was thinking, oh, what's going on here then? And then. Someone stands off in one yard, bang goal. And, Not uh, just bang, though, was it? It was a bloody rocket. rocket. I mean, yeah. now the net stayed in yeah, one piece. And um, that's that's the that's where the class of a player like that comes in because if he's hanging around doing absolutely nothing, and they used to say that about lots of players, didn't they? Like Gary Lineker used to do nothing, but give him a chance in the ninety minute, and he'll. Can you see him school. staying at Fulham long? <sighs> well, he's gone back, hasn't he? He went and went away, but. Well, someone's going to have to cough up I, some serious I, dough to get rid of him. I think he's there, quite he? old, actually, isn't he? He's about 28, 29. How much was it Fulham paid for him? 40 million? Well, they paid know. a fair amount, but I'm reliably informed they're coughing up 125 bags of sand every week for him. So, Bloody uh, hell. What, that goes to say what James said earlier, that yeah. you know he's getting paid more than our entire squad. And, you know, reading figures between the lines, I don't think it's too far wrong. What was it like in that game? He, he, he scored, yeah, he scored a hat trick, but I think he only had four or five chances, didn't he? And that's some feat. That, that's what you're looking at. That's the quality of striker. He scored a hat trick and didn't throw it sweat. Yeah. It, but yeah. it's his movement, isn't he? He's, when that ball comes in within any kind of vicinity, he, oh, yeah. the life flashes on, and he's just just in one step, he's got the yard. Like for his third goal, mm-hmm. just one step away from Potts, and it's, it's in the back of our net. I think you'll see a different game um, on Thursday because um, we've, we've learnt a little bit more through the, the games that we played after that game. I think we learnt a lot from getting some to Brentford. Um, and if we have to change the style, which is we'll probably be trying to do the last couple of games to grind out a point, um, it, it doesn't look pretty um, because... If you're if you're defending so much, you've got nothing up front. You've got no attack, and then on the occasions when you can attack, there's nobody up front because they're all helping defend. Um, but if you've got to get points on the board and you need to get draws, um, then maybe that's the way that you can do it. And having watched the town on Saturday, you saw a lot of that type of football. Um, mm. I wasn't unimpressed by it. It didn't bore me. I thought it was a really good game. I thought Luton deserved to get something out of it. And I think you're going to see that type of football played against Fulham. Um, not because we're frightened of them. I don't think we need to be frightened of anybody now. But because we need to get a point on the board. Mm. And, and if that means stopping them scoring and we draw nil-nil, then that's a, that's a victory. So if, if we draw nil-nil, I'll be... Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Dancing on that new gantry. The the other player that Fulham had that impressed me. Well, they had two. I mean, Alfie Mawson had a good game at the back, Um, but the and his name escapes me. The right winger, knockout. Yeah, he looked quality. And when they substituted him in the second half, that's they they didn't look as as effective going forward. But he he had a he, he had a cracking game. He was ripping our full back to pieces in that game. Yeah, Pops couldn't get near him. Yeah, uh, the good thing, if there is a good thing, is with James Bree playing left back at the minute, Knockart seemed to come inside every single time he got the ball, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So at least if he does that, he's coming into James Bree's strongest foot. Yeah, you know, often they say keep him out wide, don't they? But maybe that would be a good thing for us if he's coming in on uh, on James Bree's strongest foot. It's just yeah. something, it's something to look at. But I'm guessing we'll have to set up like we did in the Leeds game. 
Mm. You know, if we go for if we go for Fulham, that's like red rag to a bull, surely that one. Yeah, yeah. Anyone see us getting anything? I can see a point out of it. Hopefully, a point. Whether, whether it's goalless one one or whatever. James has been drinking this weekend, but I don't think the other two have. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, I'll tell you what. A, a, a clean sheet would be wonderful. I can't see it, but yeah. it would be wonderful. It's Christmas, we went, not April uh, Fool's Day, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way: when we went one nil down against Wigan, my daughter messaged me and said, "Oh no, we're going to lose again." And I WhatsApped her back and I said, "No, we won't. We'll win two one." Keep the faith. Keep doing that. I can't see him getting anything, to be honest. I've yeah. got to be honest, I try and be as positive as I can when we're hosting this, and even I'm not seeing us getting anything from Fulham. If they're beating Leeds, I'm don't sorry. Think, don't think Harry will get a hat-trick I'm then. sorry. Left but foot, right foot, header. One <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Listen, if we win the game, we're going to have to win it 4-3, aren't we? Can anyone yeah. see us win? Can, it's just, I hope I'm proved wrong. I hope, just like you guys were when you were I hope the Fulham players have been eating some bad Christmas pudding or something. If they happen to stay in a hotel on Christmas night, if we find out and set all the alarms off, that might be our... I seem to remember everybody saying the same thing when Bristol City come down here. We're not going to beat Bristol City. They're one of the best teams in the league. It's ironic that you mention that because they're the following game next Sunday. Now, there's two sides of this coin, isn't there? Obviously, they're at home, but they'll be out for a bit of revenge. But also two and a half days after we might get the run around from Fulham that is going to take a mountain of recovery a big Ashton Gate pitch against the side that generally by all accounts score goals quite freely I, I saw that they lost this morning um, at Sheffield Wednesday but they'll be out for revenge won't they because they were terrible really down at our place I can't see us getting anything out of that game <laughs> <laughs> were they terrible or were we so good I I, I uh, I think from what most people expected from Bristol City, they were terrible. We were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were entitled to be good, but I think, I, I would imagine, and I don't know, I didn't speak to anyone from Bristol City, but I would imagine that would be their worst performance of the season. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, you'd have to say so. I, I, I can't see that, them getting anything from that either. I think uh, you're not exactly uh, willing people to pay their £32 of hard earned to make their way down and watch this. No, but, what they need to do is compete. If they're out, if you know, if it's, well, if if it's like beat, Fulham last time and they're out a bit by half time, then that's not going to be good because the, the amount beat, of games that are so close together. Yeah. If we beat, just let's hope they beat us, not us beat ourselves, because at least then mm. take something into the Millwall game on New Year's Day, which of the three that are over Christmas is easily the most winnable of the three. I think Particularly the thing, as Barnsley won there yesterday. I know you're saying about Ashton Gate, it's, it's a big pitch, but um, Bristol City are, are playing at Charlton on Boxing Day, which is a big pitch as well. So, you know, it depends how they cope with that. And coming and playing two games on a big pitch. I think another yeah. thing you've got to look, you've got to look into or look at as well is you, you look at what we consider to be the top teams in this division. Um, not because they've been relegated out of the Premier League, but the teams that are playing and are in the top half of the table. We're halfway through the season. A lot of these players are booked now. A lot of them are on four bookings. They're not looking to get another booking and get suspended or whatever. So it changes the way they play. 
you know, I mean, you've seen it with Luton players over the years so many times, apart from Kevin Nichols knew he was on four, so he thought, right, I'll go and get the fifth one and get it out of the way, <laughs> which is and probably what... Which, yeah, and now particularly the game before Christmas, what, uh, so I noticed there was a spate of red cards what, yesterday. What they should do, sure but, that but that's, that's um, one of the things to take into account with the dipping form for Leeds and the dipping form for Bristol City. How many players have they actually got that are on the verge of getting suspended? Because if they get suspended, it, it has another detrimental effect on the team and their performance, and it's points gone out the window. So we say. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, um, I don't know if they got anybody on a fifth booking this morning um, in, in, the, in the game. It's ten bookings now anyway, isn't it? So um, I'd be yeah. surprised if anyone's up to ten after 23 games. Collins is getting close, but um, I'd, I'd be surprised. Just on the Bristol City game, just before we finish that and go on to the Millwall game, is there anyone around here who would sack it off? like we did when we went to Port Vale the year that we won League Two because they're so close together and the Millwall games are looking like the more winnable of the two. No, I wouldn't. If he if he's played the way he played um, against Swan, uh, Swansea on, on Saturday, we were almost, almost there. But we had seven point. days between our last game yeah, and that one, but yeah, this will but, be our third game in. But if, if he plays that same way... Um, it wasn't 90 mile an hour football. It was um, layered. It was competitive. It was structured. And everybody did roughly the same amount of work. Matty Pearson maybe done a little bit more than Bradley did, but that was because of the way that Swansea played and he had to mark that player. Um, if they play like that over the next two games, I can see at least two points, maybe even four. Mm. I think you know. Um, would you, it, you, you'd go with each game on its merits, or would you prioritise the Millwall game? I'd go with each game on its merits. It's the old cliche, and you take each game as it comes. Um, you know, I think the Millwall game is important, but if you look at um, Millwall themselves, uh, they've got Cardiff away on Boxing Day, and then they're home to Brentford. Before us, it's and like sitting t- next to the fixture computer. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 I've only because I looked it up on my phone, Kev. Uh, and I think they're two hard games for them. So uh, it depends what it, you know, it, what it takes out of them. So um, again, take each game as it comes. Where are you on that? No, they got very much the same, but because of um, confidence, they need to get that confidence up. So good performances against. A Fulham side that, despite the scoreline, you know, comfortably beat them really, uh, would be a bonus to them. You don't want to get to the Millwall game having been gubbed twice in a week, do you really? Because then, no. But if you do think to that Port Vale game that we sacked off in League Two, the, the Lincoln game was on New Year's Day, wasn't it? And we looked much more up for the game of football. Dominated the game. I know they had the big lad sent off for doing she in early doors, but. It worked, you know. Can we? Basically, the question is: Can we play to that intensity against three tough opponents three times in six days? I think if you're going to do it's something, hard, like it's, it's, it's a hard squad. ask. Yeah. If you're going to do something like that, then you're looking to get more out of your so-called experienced players that have played at this level before. Mm. Your Tony Cliffs, your Butterfields, um, Boltons, and, and whatever. You're looking to get more out of them than you're getting at the moment. I guess ultimately, if you do do that, there's serious pressure to get. 
the result of uh, Millwall. Yeah. Isn't You're it? putting all your eggs in one basket there, and Luton can't afford to do that. They need no, points exactly. wherever yeah. they can yeah. get them. I guess the um, flip Good side job. of anything that does happen at Millwall, and let's hope we do win there, it'd be a great way to start off 2020, is. Yeah, if there are some tired legs, and I'm sure there will be, particularly with the weather that's around at the minute, they can all get rested for what's actually a decent enough cup game on the Saturday, if for nothing else, that we get to see the other half of the um, fullback pairing that left in the summer, <laughs> having already seen James Justin, we see Jack Stacey. Strange, that, isn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, it is, it's very, very, yeah. very weird, isn't it? I've yeah. not known that before. Yeah, um, yeah it would be good to see how he's improved, because Justin looked like he had. I ain't and sure he... it'll be good to see how he's improved, Well, we'll judge it, and it will be but... <laughs> If he has improved, Jesus Lord. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But oh, I'll take your point. Yeah. Surely they'd uh, they'd have played against him in training and stuff, so they'd be a bit more confident. Uh, actually, no, he'd be up against Bree, wouldn't he? So. Well, what we need to hope is that someone's had a word with Shinny. He's not passing to him in this game. Yeah, <laughs> you know that that, that that thing's out of the way. Yeah, wait for one day also. only. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah. It, will you uh, stand up and applaud if he scores? <sighs> No. <laughs> um, and he, of that? course, I jest after the Justin. Yeah. Only because he's one of one of your own. No, well, me personally, only. when I applauded him in that game, I applauded because he didn't celebrate. It, I, I, that was it. I applauded of, of, of how he you was. Know, he I just never, turned around and came back. I can't say I yeah. joined in the song, but mm. you know, it was respect that he didn't celebrate because he had every right to celebrate. It must have been his. Well, it must have been his first goal for them because I think it was his debut, wasn't David, it? Yeah. So. He had every right to celebrate. I mean, look at McManaman against Wigan. I know he left on different terms, but he gave it a good large one, didn't he? That's why I clapped. And if Jack Stacey does, if Jack Stacey does score, and heaven forbid, let's hope he doesn't, and he doesn't celebrate, I'll probably respect that as well. Yeah, but if I'm honest, I, I don't really give a monkey's about the game. No, I don't think anyone does. And I think actually the interesting thing on it was we were probably expecting that to be the next chance to see. Simon Sluger in goal Simon mm. Sluger in goal yeah. and actually we've already seen him so it'd be interesting to see yeah, and, he, and, and to build on, on yesterday's performance he's done enough to stay in goal philosophical wise you've got two ways of looking at that game mm. if if Bournemouth play their premiership team well they, the history on, suggests on, they won't on paper though, we, yeah. we could get stuffed but mm. if they play their first team and we don't get stuffed it's a measure of how much we've improved Eddie Howe tends to be someone who doesn't play first teams in the cup though doesn't he and and until they beat Chelsea last week they were in wretched form weren't they and uh, I can't remember if they beat Burnley yesterday but um, I mean has Harry Cornick got a point to prove against him I was just about to bring out bring out that he goes back that's what I say if if he plays a Premier League team that he plays week in week out then we'd be expected to get thumped if we don't get thumped it'll be a mark of how much we've improved if he doesn't play his first strongest team, then we've got a chance of winning. But you'd have to wager we wouldn't play ours if you look at our cup cup form this side. I mean, we changed everyone at Cardiff, didn't we? We only played yeah. as strong a side as we did against Leicester, and that was by no means our strongest side because you look down their team sheet, and if we didn't put a couple of experienced heads in, that was going to be double what it was. I think Leicester are a different kettle of fish, really. They are really backing in on the door for um, those mm. um, top yeah. two teams in the yeah, Premier League, yeah. and then there's a massive gulf between everyone else. Um, but they are still Premier League quality. The following league games more important. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I guess really then what we're comparing this Bournemouth game to is the Newcastle game of a couple of years ago. Chance to showcase ourselves on a decent stage and if we win 
happy days because there's a decent windfall for winning, you know, and it can all go towards yeah, the January. Yeah, but the thing is, that game itself is it's not exactly what you class a money spinner, is it? No, but uh, there's something like 150 grand for winning it, isn't it? You know, yeah. someone's wages, isn't it, for a little while? So, yeah, one week of Alexander Mitrovic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if we pick the right week to get him, it could do us a favour. One week, one week and a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, whilst we're talking about finances, let's go on to um, the big story of the week, actually, wasn't it? Because the there was a piece on the BBC um, Sport website last Monday that highlighted that championship clubs are allowed, the key word there, allowed, to lose £39 million over three years. £39 million over three years, and that is fine. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I mean, how is that possibly right? And how can and and, and I'll say this be, it, 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 without demeaning us, but you know, Graham Jones gets slaughtered for saying it, but he's right. How did little old Luton compete with sides that are shipping forty million quid in three seasons? Well, it's another insult to Luton, yeah. is it? At the end of the day, from the FA, I mean, in the, the two or three times we've been in administration, we've never owed anywhere near that kind of money. I mean, forty Never. million pound. Or, or, it's I mean, unsustainable. You, it's crazy. I mean, if you times that by twenty-four, that's nearly a billion pounds that disappears out of this division. Just this division in three years. Mm. I mean, that is mad. And bearing in mind these figures are last season, they're only likely to be worse this season because more and more teams are chasing the dream. And I think that someone's—I can't remember where I read it—but someone said if Aston Villa didn't win that playoff final last year. It was all, you know, it was on the mm. precipice of going seriously pear shaped. Mm. Yeah. Well, it has for ex Premiership clubs anyway. You know, I mean, look Bolton. at Sunderland, Bolton, you Bolton. know, Ipswich. But the knockdown effect of that is you get to a stage where your players don't get paid. And mm. you've got your Bolton, and then you've got your Berry, and then you've got the one that's going on now where the players ain't getting paid and their games have to be postponed. Um, that's a knock-on effect. It might be on a smaller scale, uh, money-wise, mm. but it's going to creep its way up into the championship, and you'll get championship teams that will go bust if they're going to be like that. Mm-hmm. When, they, when, they, when, they, when they're forty million pound in debt over three years, no, no, just but that's the thing, isn't it? They're not forty million pound in debt. They're allowed to lose forty million. They're losing a hell of a lot more than forty million, but they're actually allowed to lose forty. How can you be allowed to lose? 40 million quid over three years you can't how, how can any governing body of anything in life yeah, say you're just, allowed to lose 13 million pound a year mm. I mean how it, can it, that, it's just a the morals of it, it can't it, be right it, yeah can it? it's a recipe for disaster as well you know at the very least it should be a stipulation that clubs must break even yeah and I mean we're all fans around this table by and large that's our dosh yeah that's disappearing out of the game well, I mean, it's not happening to Luton, is it? They, they're running their ship a bit more prudently. Quite, quite rightly so. And yeah. what Gary Sweet proposed is very sound, but it will never happen. Just uh, anyone who's not seen the article, he proposed a salary cap mm-hmm. in this league, which he confirmed that we self-police Cap on agents' us, fees as well. Self-police ourselves and agents' fees, yeah, which, is, which I'm led to believe is a large chunk of this. But the thing is, it, 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 all the rules and regulations at league level... They're all made by the clubs. The clubs vote on them. Mm. So, you know, to actually implement those things, you know, it'd be turkeys voting for Christmas, basically. And it, it isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. But 
surely then it needs a stronger hold from up above. Because it's not, it can't but be. But you, 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 you signed away their rights to, yeah. to everything. They've sold their soul, haven't they? Were you yeah. surprised by the figures that came out in that article? Um, no, I wasn't actually, because at the beginning of the season, there was a table somewhere that showed the amount of um, teams in the championship that were actually operating in the black, and there was only five or so, I'm doing one of them. Um, and the, the, often the higher you went up the table, they were, you know, losing money hand over fist. And the, the result of that, the knock-on result of that is ticket prices. Ridiculous. Some clubs, 45, 50 quid a ticket. And they're, they're some of the clubs are at 40 million, or losing 40 million pound over three years. And so they're charging 45 quid But you, 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 you'd never get stronger leadership at the top because the, 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 the body that's responsible for running football... And regulating it is the FA. Who has all the power at the FA? It's the Premier League clubs. Their owners have all the power at, at, at the top. And it's always a case of the tail wagging the dog. You know, um, all they're interested in is money, money, money. You know, I, I, th- I think I look at it and, and I sometimes think, you know, I, I despair that the game is, is moving totally in the wrong direction. It's the old thing. When they start talking about football as a product, and I hate that description. Yeah, it's I a do. game. It's not, it's not a product. Well. It's yeah. a game. You know, and then what I, what I want to see is a move towards something like the, the German model, you know, where, where it's 10 euros to get into a game in, in the Bundesliga and the clubs have to be at least 51% owned by fans. You know, and then, um, you know, in Italy, where the vast majority of stadiums are owned by the local councils. So then clubs can't get into the situation where they've got rogue owners who own the ground. They take all the income and the clubs are struggling and, and, and uh, just want them to pay uh, unbelievable rent. Mm. And then you, you, you You've got that in this country where you, you, you to get round the rules, you've got Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Aston Villa now selling their ground to their owners. So the football clubs don't own that asset. So the fans are being bled. To be fair to the Football League, they have caught Sheffield Wednesday out, haven't they? Yeah, so they're selling they have, their ground yeah. And there is talks that they'll get a nice 21-point deduction, obviously. That's not nice for Sheffield Wednesday, but let's, we're focusing on stick relegation. We're focusing on Luton around this table, oh, yes. so they will disappear below Luton and then um, kind of help us out. What does that article though highlight that we're up against this season? As speak as speaking as fans, what should we take from that when we're getting disappointed that we're not getting results on the pitch? Because Graham Jones is criticised a lot for speaking about budgets and money and things like that, even though to a certain point he's teed up to speak to him by the questions that are asked of him but he does, it does seem to wind a lot of people up but it's the people that it, I think the people it winds up are the people that have their head in the sand over just how important money is in the game because you don't see often teams on a um, small budget anymore go winning, winning the big prizes it just doesn't happen um, but he used to and they're usually people of an old vintage that remember those days. Like Luton, for example, could get into the top flight and be quite successful in there for a period of time. 
the chance of that happening now are decreasing year by year. And, you know, you had like Swindon getting the Premier League uh, back in the early days of the Premier League and that sort of, sort of thing. But you know, it's, it, there is a, there's going to be a cut-off point. And there was <laughs> one, an ex-manager, uh, Luton, when all the uh, stuff, the brown stuff was hitting the fan in the, the last administration, he he got us all in, got all the media in the room and he was talking then about how he thought if you're not in that top table, you're not going to get back in because the money was starting to skyrocket. And really, he's got a point one of the only points he ever made I was going to say we are talking about Kevin Blackwell (laughs) and that is the only point I I, I think the position it puts us in as a club is it it, it should make supporters realise just how lucky we are with the owners that we've got and Um, how good finishing 21st actually is this season yeah 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 it it, um, because we've mentioned it in previous podcasts haven't we that Graham Jones has been criticised for suggesting we're in a relegation battle we are in a relegation battle there's your numbers in black and white now yeah Mm. we are in a relegation battle even when he said it at the time anybody without a sense would have thought we're in a relegation battle but the thing is sooner or later and I know it's been, been predicted if the house comes crashing down we'll be one of the few clubs that's all right yeah, absolutely. We'll come out of it unscathed. Yeah, I think and, I, and, and I think um, you know, I, I, I fully believe that you know, being relegated if that was to happen is better than trying to chase the dream. As Bolton, yeah, as uh, mind, uh, I mean, yeah, we we all want to see our club play at the top level, but it's got to be done on a solid basis so we haven't got foundations of sand. You know, then it can be sustainable over a long term. I thought it'd be late. I won't be around to see it, but um, at least I've seen my club come back to the level that is its natural home. You yeah. know, and 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 one of the nice things about Luton is the potential is there. Mm-hmm. We have got the fan base to compete. You know, and and I think we will do it. It's just a matter of doing it the right way and doing it one stage at a time. Another reminder that yesterday morning's decision um, was just so good for the future of our club. Okay, that's where we'll end the first part of uh, this month's podcast. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears out uh, in the coming week for the second part of the podcast, which we will discuss the team of the decade, the Luton Town Sports Trust team of the decade, and we'll go through some of the magical moments that have taken place over the last 10 years, as this is our last podcast of 2019. <laughs>